and welcome to the round 17 review on the Doctor Supercoach podcast. This week I'm joined for the first time ever by Harry. Harry, how you going, mate? Good, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I'm suffering from jet lag. The half an hour from uh, Melbourne over to Adelaide's uh, it's killing me. I'm, <laughs> I'm tired as. How'd your week go, mate? Yeah, um, I actually did pretty well. Uh, I scored 2,435 and I went up 2,991 places to 16K. How about yourself? Yeah, about the same. I scored 2,200, so less than you. Um, I dropped a little bit, and I'm still just sitting around 10K, so 10,131 to be precise. So just hanging around that mark, waiting for a big score to sort of jolt me up. But, I mean, we're all hitting stumbling blocks at this part of the season when you got Dusty oh, and mate, Barlow mate. and the likes. So, yeah, um, this, is, this is when the uh, general soreness kicks in. Yeah, and uh, when my cr- trade balance gets to zero very quickly um, I'm already yeah. at zero uh, so <laughs> yeah. to speak so well true I know some people that definitely are um, we'll kick straight into the game by game review and the round started off on Thursday which seems like three weeks ago and that's Sydney versus Hawthorne Hawks got up by five which shouldn't be surprising to anyone because that's just what they do and um, top scorer for the match Josh P. Kennedy if you traded him in for Ablett last week You'd be a very happy customer. Harry, you um, traded him in a few weeks ago, mate. That's it, yeah. Um, I can't quite remember who I got him in for, but uh, traded him in as a POD back then, and when he was around around the 500k mark, and he has been scintillating ever since. You know, he's just been a POD, um, scoring 140s, 160s, very rarely gets under 100, so very good point of difference there. Yeah, we were looking at him last week as a big trading option for Gary Ablett, and uh, it was something like two scores. I think he's had two scores under 100 since round four or yep. something like that, and they were both in the high 90s, so he's just in ridiculous form this season and gone Ray under the radar, so um, good job for picking him out early. Among him in the top scorers column was Tom Mitchell with 116. He really came to the party. And Parker with 106, but he started off like he he looked like he was set in for a big, big score, but just settled down and just scored the 106. Yeah, I think um, that's when uh, Hawks actually took over the game um, with the likes of you know Shawnee Burgoyne. His second half was absolutely amazing, um, yeah. and that really brought the Hawks over the line. Yeah, definitely, and I mean, Sydney had a lot of passengers and some surprising names. I wouldn't really call McVeigh a passenger with 87, but that's just um, around about the the only only just over that passable threshold if you own McVeigh, and then you have Buddy with 75. Owners wouldn't be too pleased with that, and Hanbury just 68. If you traded him in for Gary, you'd be you'd be shaking your head and just confused as to how this person in such amazing form and such great consistency has just poured out a 68 in your time of need. Yeah, I mean, I think with 11 possessions, that was one of the lowest possession counts for Dan Hanbury for a very, very long time. Um, he just couldn't get near it. He was uh, all over the place. Um, couldn't use the ball very efficiently either for clangers, so... That really brought his possession down. Only two contested possessions. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and it's unlike Canterbury, really. And he, he missed the crucial 
goal in the in the closing minute, so he could have put his side in a very winnable position, but yeah, just not Hatterbury's night, that's for sure. Now, if you traded in Sam Mitchell or Jordan Lewis as a bit of a point of difference for Gaz, then they scored 120 and 116 respectively. Just good scores for for the Hawks boys. They are they going to run home? Yeah, um, Gunston was always going to be a decent POD as um, Ruffy is out for the whole season. So you know he's kind of their spearhead and everything. They will try to get to him with uh, two balls to two. Um, and he runs around really well. He runs out the game really well. He sometimes helps out in defence with those intercept marks as well, which, as we all know, scores very highly in Supercoach. Um, and, yeah, it's just a very good player overall. Yeah, Gunston scored 111, and at the other end, Gibson had 88. So if you're an owner of either of those two, then they're just ticking all the right boxes for you at this point in the season. Um, moving on to the next game, and it was your mob, Geelong. We might as well announce that on the podcast. Um, versus Freo, yeah. so a bit of a scratchy game for Geelong. They aren't really turning down any of the criticism at this point, but if you look straight to Fremantle squad, Lockie Neal, who was another one of those trading options for Gary, just failed to fire with only the 76. Unfortunately, I am a owner of Lockie Neal. Um, 74 is not what you want from a Primo mid, so definitely not a good thing, but... Another good point about him is I've had him for a very long time, so I've reaped the rewards of his huge scores and his consistency. So yeah. um, if you're only, you shouldn't be too worried. Oh, definitely not. It was a a little bit of a chink in his armour, and he's in otherwise what's been a, a perfect season, really. And owners of Barlow are scratching their heads as to why they held him, as he has been ruled out for the season. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Now, if you're an owner of Collins, who um, you'd expect to step up in Laird's absence, then 58 just wasn't what you were looking for. And uh, it's just been one of those seasons. I bet you Collins comes out with 130 next week when all of our defenders are playing, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, he actually scored 52, which was very, very low. Um, he has been okay for a rookie this season, averaging in the 70s, but uh, this is a crucial week and... A lot of people have led, and he, he was a definitely a very, very influential laid out for this Supercoach week, and yeah, 52 is just what, is not what we need this week. No, definitely not, but if you look at Dangerfield's score, 140, the easiest of vice-captain slash captaincy options now, and his partner in crime, Selwood, with 128, was um, just as respectable in the end. Yeah, um, I actually traded uh, Selwood in this week for Gaz. Nice. And I was very happy, that's for sure. Um, I think they will be a, if not one of, if not the best midfield partners um, in crime in AFL footy right now. So let's hope they get the job done this season and uh, lead us to a flag, hopefully. Ooh, geez, big, big high hopes from uh, Harry here. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely not out of the question, but you do have to blow out those lower-type teams and really put them naysayers in line. Um, yeah, for sure. For one sure. of those players that needs to step up for you is Blitzarves. If you picked him up earlier on in the season when he was flying, as a bit of a point of difference, nine out of the last 11 games under 100, he has just been in freefall for a, um, a pile of weeks now, and it's got owners scratching their heads. He has been very average these few weeks, Blitzarves. But I expect him to come back uh, sooner rather than later because Cats need him and 
you all all you blitz half earners need him as well to find your ruck position most predominantly. So Yeah, and it's just it's strange to see that he's had such a drop off and I mean it's sort of mirrored the cat's form but not really so just a bit confusing from Blitzalves, that's for sure. A strange form line. Um, the next game on the schedule was Richmond versus Essendon. Richmond were um, winners by 19 points. And the big winner in the game was anyone that put the vice captaincy or even captaincy on Dustin Martin. 152. And boy, oh boy, if he's not the second favourite for the Brownlow, then it's, yeah, he's just had a crazy season, a crazy good season. Yeah, um, he's a just he's just a star. He's uh, single-handedly keeping uh, the Tigers afloat, really. Um, and the best thing about him is he gets the contested ball, which is, as we all know, is amazing for Supercoach. Um, and he kicks it a lot more rather than he handballs with yeah. 35 kicks on the weekend. So that's absolutely huge. And he kicks goals. So definitely a huge Brownlow contention. Yeah, no doubt. And he's just in... A- ridiculous form he's up there with um Dangerfield on form he's not putting it quite on the supercoach scoreboard like Danger but he will rival him for many years I, I reckon and his skipper Cotchin sure, scored yeah. 107 um if you traded him in as a POD uh, for Gary Ablett then you'd be happy with that instant reply and 40 points below him was Alex Rance and Brett Deledio Brett Deledio at least was injured he had that at half time that's 67 but Rance, just so confusing. I, I traded him in a few weeks ago, and I'm scratching my head as to why I, would, why I even did that, because he's just given me nothing, absolutely nothing in the few weeks that I've got him in. Do you own Rance, Harry? Uh, no, I do not, thank goodness. Um, yeah, he has been another one of those players who's been very underperforming under par these few weeks. Um, I think as... Do you remember that incident against Melbourne when he uh, got suspended? Yeah, on Jack Watts, he hit his head into the into Yeah, the that's deck. it. Yep. Yeah, and ever since that incident, he has been not himself, really. Um, he's still been getting the touches, 18 touches on the weekend as a fullback, but he's just, I don't know, he's not influencing the game as much. He's not, he's being dragged everywhere by his uh, direct opponents. And yeah, very surprising. Yeah, it's it's been a strange drop off, that's for sure. But Rant's owners just have to stay, um, stay with him and hope that he bounces back soon, which I'm sure he will. But it's just yeah, it's very frustrating for um, people that just want a little bit of consistency in the back line. And Rant's has been able to offer that previously, so very confusing. Yeah, and that's again with um, with the full bass, uh, with the key position defenders. Um, it is very very. Uh, Hard to say how they're going to score uh, and be very consistent week in and week out. So Yeah, very unpredictable type characters they are. Um, now, Markov <laughs> is on the bubble this weekend. We're not going to talk about trading options, but he seems like a decent one, scoring 62. Um, Menadu, for those who are like me and for some reason are holding Dowhouse or Barlow next week or... Uh, someone like that. He scored 32 and he's back to the old Menadu and... Uh, 130 truly was a fluke and I thought he was going to win the Brownlow from here and I had him capped in this week and <laughs> no, just very disappointed from Menager when he's supposed to be providing cover and he's just doing sweet FA yeah he back to a menace but huh? yeah definitely definitely um, had a very surprising few weeks um, 
being amazing everywhere on the ground, getting the ball, real true ball magnet for three weeks, and then bang, back to his uh, amazing best. Yep, it's um, he's just shot right back into character very quickly, and it's been a reality check for anyone who decided to trust him like myself. So, um, almost <laughs> almost going to renounce my Doctor Supercoach um title and yeah, move over to. Oh, NRL come on, George, we don't want you to get out of here. Um, now another reason for me to do that is because I still don't have Zach Merritt with 138 again on the weekend and he's been my only regret this season not not trusting that he was going to have the season that he had and just assuming that he'd drop off with Essendon and they're not even dropping off so he's really been um, he's really proved me wrong this season and he's just had an absolute ripper yeah he has been a real revelation for the Bombers this season in a very uh Bleak season. Um, that's a pretty good word to describe this season right now. Definitely. Um, yeah, he has been absolutely amazing. Ball magnet, getting the ball, using the ball very well, hardly turning it over, which is great for Supercoach, obviously, and the Bombers, for them to be at least a bit competitive in their games. Yeah, definitely. And those who aren't really helping towards that cause, Zaharakis with just 59 and... If you still have him, I don't care how many trades you have left, just get rid of him. He's he's really dropped off a cliff. He cannot break a tag for his life. No. Every single week he gets tagged. He scores under 70, so definitely 100% get rid of him. He's worse at dealing with a tag than Daniel Rich, and that is really saying something. Oh, mate. Uh, we'll talk about him soon. We'll talk Rich. about him soon, all right? We'll, um, we'll vent our frustrations. <laughs> Um, Tip and Woody was the other one, um, other talking point for this game, and he was up forward again this week, and he's assumed to be doing that role for the rest of the season. Um, they're just trying out some new things, and he was really good last week and was sort of just back down to earth this week, but he's a rookie. Hopefully he's just your bench cover, and um, those 53s can just do what they do best and sit on the bench for you. Um, moving on to the game of the round, Port versus North, maybe not game of the round, um, I, f- I flew down for it and was not disappointed by my squad's output and we won by 28 um, Brent Harvey was the um, biggest talking point on the kangaroo side 125, he's just a fountain of youth isn't he he keeps somehow being their best player and it's just getting a little bit embarrassing for North actually yeah, uh, for them to rely on uh, blokes like Harvey and you know Del Sando to perform week in, week out for them to get the wins is just not going to cut for North. Um, but yeah, that was a very surprising, surprisingly rejuvenating game from uh, Boomer and uh, kicking two goals back to his uh, old self. And support, you know, the usual players getting the tons Robbie Gray, Travis Folk, um, even Ollie Wines with the 115, uh, the Chad breaking the ton once again. And Westhoff, if you've brought him in as a POD, he has been serviceable, I'd say, uh, with a few big scores and a few average scores in between. Well, listeners, Harry has just gone into full host mode. He is now hosting <laughs> the show. But no, you're right. Very, very impressive scores by most support boys, which you'd expect in a, in a decent win. Robbie Gray is the biggest one of them all, and finally he's just preparing um, those who traded him in at basement price with some good form. And yeah, I do like Westhoff as a point of difference. We spoke about him uh, five or six weeks ago when he was at bottom price, and he's starting to pay back his owners as well. A disappointing, um, we'll say two players. Daniel Wells was well held on the day with only 61, 
and surprisingly Pet up is a little bit down on his output with just the 73 so nothing too major but I mean those who held Daniel Wells through his injury are, are really seeing the um the effects of not trading in someone like Montagna like Chizo and Pistol recommended a few weeks ago when he first got injured so um not great for Wells owners yeah I'm unfortunately I'm one of them and I held him for my uh Forward six spot, um, not working well at all. He actually got tagged on weekend by uh, Kane Mitchell. Mitchell. Yep. Becoming a tagger. Yeah, he's yeah, done a couple so, of nice jobs so far. Yeah, let's hope his uh, his calf problems doesn't come up again uh, for the season's end because that'll be very disastrous for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, those who kept Wells, just make sure you have a trade handy because um, although we don't wish oh, injury no. upon oh, anyone, no. but he's just such an injury prone player. Um, he will either see general or he'll um, he'll go down with another little complaint at some point. So that's why we recommended trading him out a few weeks back when you had the chance. So um, I'll be praying for you all for him not to get a niggle. Yeah, well, I'm not an owner, so I, I kind of hope he does get a little <laughs> niggle. <laughs> That'd benefit me a lot, but especially while I've still got Dowhouse riding the pine. Um, his team, however, beat Gold Coast by 46 points. And the main catalyst again was Bonson Pally with 121. He's his form is just you can't look past it at all. It is what it is, and he's in ridiculous form, super coach wise and AFL wise. Yeah, uh, great call by you, uh, Jordan. Uh, you Ooh. heavily advocated for him a few weeks back, and you know, bit of a pump up for Jordan. Listen to you. <laughs> yep, those uh, who listen to you would be reaping the rewards right now. Um, and in the same game, you know, uh, Jason Johannesson was yes. very, very average with the 65. Those who jumped um, early on JJ, bonus. yes. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I'm one of them. I put my hand up. Oh, and, you know, no. Can he do? What can he do? Oh, boy. Yeah, so he actually had a very good second half, but it was all jump time, so... Yeah. Yeah. Those, those junk time points are rare to accumulate when you've already won the game. And we'll talk about someone who was able to score oh, big in the oh, last half, in the last quarter. We'll talk about them later. We'll get to their game later. But um, also in this game, the two defenders, Suckling and Boyd, were able to score 90+. Plus. And um, a bit of a surprising, maybe not surprising, very predictable by Lynch. But how's this for consistency for a key forward in the last six games? 116, 98, 82... 125 and 118, and that was only five games, but I'm predicting a big score this week. So um, Lynch has just been in really good form. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's surprisingly, uh, even when Golko don't fire, he's you know manages to score the big points. Uh, my, my good mate, Adam, he's actually you know held faith, uh, held on to him for a few weeks, and he's reaped, reaped the rewards, um, as I'm sure all Lynch owners have. Um, he actually, you know what? He would be a good POD to the end of, for the end of the season. You know, if yeah. you want to get up, the, uh, climb up the rankings, he'd probably be a good player to look at. Yeah, definitely. And we'll talk a bit about him later as a Barlow replacement. And ignore the fact that Harry's now doing shout-outs on the podcast. <laughs> He's just <laughs> taken over. Um, Aaron Hall with just the seventy-eight. And you speak of players who have somehow paid off their owners. Imagine if you held. Brad Crouch for some reason, and his last month has gone oh, 83, man. 83, 109, 112. He's building. I'm 
pretty sure no one would have held him. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he has been he has been very good over the past few weeks. You know, um, got to give him all the credit for coming back and you know having a strong end to the season and have a positive finish on a positive note. So next season he can come back um, better than ever. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And imagine if he started the season like that, it would have stopped so much mayhem. But yeah. oh, hindsight's man. a beautiful thing. He's building. Um, Rory Sloan was able to crack the tongue with 103. Nothing too special there. Brody Smith bounced back with a bit of form, scoring the 99. Um, you had Trelaw and Penderbury score identically with 108, and they're just ticking along very nicely. If you traded inside bottom for Gary, he only scored 98, so a little bit disappointing for um, those who took the punt on him, but not the worst-case scenario. Yeah, um, he still is a very consistent player. Um, I don't think he's gone under 100 many times this season, and if he has, he would be in the 90s and the 80s. Um, yeah, he didn't actually kick any goals or have any score this week. And that's probably what impacted his score. That's a big part of his game. He's a, he's a goal scorer yeah. midfielder, and he, he really relies on them to get those massive scores. So, um, yeah, if he's going to score big, then you need him to kick goals. So a little bit disappointed by side bottom, but hopefully he'll bounce back. Yeah, what can he do? What can he do? Next game oh, yeah, was true. Carlton versus West Coast. West Coast got up by seven points in a game that I fell asleep during. Um, Doherty scored 138 and Simpson 115. Some things just don't change in life. These two defensive players are just scoring massive every single week for Carlton. They're as reliable as anything. Oh, man. I wish... Okay, at the start of the season, I was just saying to myself, you know, should I start with Doherty? Because I had it all of last season. And I decided to go for Brody Smith instead. Yay for me. Um, But he has been absolutely amazing this uh this season even um he's a very layered like player but he gets even more intercept marks as his body built um he's a monster he's a tank and you know he takes intercept marks intercept marks he barely wastes the ball hits his targets he's just a very good player and same with simmer he's just as reliable as ever late in his career um yeah yeah it doesn't get any better than owning the two of those in defense that's for sure and the two midfielders at Carlton, Gibbs and Carriage, were able to turn up if you own either of those two, both unlikely. Um, Soss was only held to 52 and might win bad kick of the year, if you saw that, um, clanging off the side of the boot, lining up for goal. But um, he's still showing good signs, so if you've got him as backup, then um, not too bad there. Um, Prittis was able to score 110, which is um, just exactly what you need from him. And Josh Kennedy, they were talking him up so much before the game. He scored 10 goals in their last encounter. I wouldn't be surprised if he kicked another 10 this game. 39 Supercoach. If you're a Josh Kennedy owner, how disappointing is that? Yeah, um, I was actually watching the first half, and um, so many times he had hands to the ball in a marking contest, and he dropped it. So many times, I, could, I actually lost count on how many times it happened. So he just needs to grab onto him and uh, go back and kick the goal. But he wasn't even able to grab onto anything that day, really. Um, yeah. Yes, and, yeah. Just a general lapse in form, that is. So he should bounce back for those who own him. Um, moving on to the St. Kilda-Melbourne game. 
a game where I had locked in my tip for St Kilda, and I was I was all ready to go. I tipped Port over North Melbourne. I'm only a couple of tips behind my tipping contest, so I thought I'd just take the win for the week and change it to Melbourne and play it safe. And uh, never been more frustrated in my life. Why did I? Why did I do it? Why did I change it? Very silly. Um, St Kilda won by 36, and Montagna was the biggest um, biggest scorer for St Kilda with 116, and he just continues to continue, doesn't he? Yeah, he yeah he really does. Um, good old tags. I got him in. I think midway point of the season when he was his cheapest and he's definitely been very serviceable um, with a few average scores but you know he's a Saints player after all and um, not to make the Saints but uh, yeah he's definitely one of their most consistent performance and uh, Nick Rewalt was very down this week yeah. with a 79 yeah uh, uh, he, he was on a wing but you know trying to rejuvenate his career but it's you know he's still a very quality player don't get me wrong um and jack nunes back up there a bit of a flashback from last season usually oh if he was defensive eligible then i would have one less headache in in defense he was so good for me last year 100 um but yeah it's, it's Rui was a bit down he has been scoring well off that wing for those who traded in jack Stephen as your gary ablett replacement as we so highly advocated to do last week and I did so myself don't worry he will bounce back he only scored 89 but was held to a very very slow first half so um, it was 89 majority of it scored in the second half so look for him to bounce back he'll, he'll be alright um, Gorn showing that he I mean all you need to do is put him in a stadium anywhere other than the MCG for him to score high 124 and his main apprentice Viviani scoring 117 so that tandem will just be a legendary tandem for for so long. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope uh let's hope Big Maxi can get up uh, at the G sometime this season. They play two more times there for the remainder of the season. Um other players in this game, Christian Petrarca, eighty four, very good if you've held him. Uh good rookie, good uh cover. Yes, very if, good. Uh, someone like a yeah. Um and other players in this game, you know, if How you about still at this stage then I don't know what you're doing. How about, yeah. how about Tom oh, McDonald? Yeah. Second Tom game McDonald. over 110, and he's looking a little bit like him, his old self. So if you traded him in at, at his all-time low, he's repaying you back in spades with 141 last week, 111 this week. Um, take that every day of the week. Yeah, for sure. He's, uh, he's actually been running off, been a bit of a running defender these couple of weeks, if correct me if I'm not wrong. I've been watching a few Demons games these weeks, and uh, yeah, he's been taking them in set marks, really looking like the Tom McDonald from last season, and yeah, he might be a good little play uh, player of difference to finish off the season on. He's um, 424k, so not too expensive. Yeah, still still low in price. Um, how's this for a fun fact? If you go onto Sportsbet and look into the Pokemon Go section... There is a bet, a bet where you can um, bet where the first legendary Pokemon will be found in Melbourne, and guess what is paying hundred and one dollars in Max Gorn's MCG. beard? No, in Max oh. Gorn's beard, oh. paying hundred and one oh, bucks. Well. So that is a lock. Let's all put oh, money on that. Easy money, boys. Easy money. Get on. <laughs> oh, I don't know where they come up with this stuff, but very, very funny. Made, made me laugh. Um, 
Now, the final game for the round was an absolute snore fest. Brisbane versus GWS. GWS won by 79 points. I'm going to quickly run through this. Rocky was excellent with 130, which we expect. Zorka, 116, which we expect. Steph and Martin had a bit of a rib complaint. But um, from all reports, I think he should be all right this week. Um, only the 72 from him. Daniel Rich, if you'd like to um, like to say a few words. Uh, you know what? We talk so much trash about him every week. Maybe that's why. Maybe he listens to this and we, we get his confidence down. So let's just say Daniel Rich, he will bounce back next week. He'll score a ton. No negative words from us. Everyone watch it happen. All right. Daniel Rich next week. 120. 120. 120 plus at least. That's what we expect. Daniel Rich, hashtag, hashtag Daniel Rich 120. Yep, we'll get, get it, it trending. We'll get it trending. Um, <laughs> Callum Ward was excellent, scoring three goals in a single quarter for his 143. Um, Coniglio was um, just as Coniglio is, and either of those two players would have been great ablet replacements. Coniglio ended up with 139. Toby Green bounced back with 122 this week. Um, this was an absolute giant's fest. This was Zach Williams, 95 in defense as a point of difference. Shaw, 92. Um, if you have Sam Reed as backup cover, he had 31. I noticed that in a game where everyone was booting goals, he had 31. So um, very disappointing for Reed owners. And finally, Dylan Shield, 51 points at three-quarter time. They were up by 70... No, they were up by 80 points. Ended up winning by 70-odd points, and he ended on 94. He had a 43-point quarter in junk time. How does that happen? Absolutely amazing. Um, to be honest, I actually think someone in Champion Data has him on their team. There is no and doubt. was looking for a win this week. Absolutely <laughs> very no doubt. Which beneficiary for these, for these shield learners. Um, yeah, he was very down in, in the first half with a little bit of a goal on the right ankle. Yes. But yeah. he came back strong as ever and actually, you know, played the roof off. I mean, there was no roof at, uh, you know, the Gabba, but played the roof off, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, as Shield owners, it's so frustrating because he spends, um, I think he's the third least player on the field pretty much every game um, for time on ground. So he spends a lot of time on the bench um, when he's on, you, when he's on the field, you can spot him. He he almost gets every clearance or a tackle in every centre bounce, and he's good for five points every minute. Like he's he's so good, but he just spends a lot of time on the bench, and then you know he has a shoulder complaint or an ankle complaint or some sort of complaint, and it's just very frustrating for yeah. owners. Actually, a surprising fact, Jordan. In this, you know he, how he said he comes out with at least a touch or a tackle in the centre bounce. He had the one tackle for the whole game. Okay, so in this game, he didn't yeah. get many tackles. but um, Yeah, that's probably what impacted his score, really. Yeah, and I mean, it's even those pressure acts. So do, do, do you have pressure acts in front of you, Harry? Uh, no, I do not, but I assume he would be up there. Yeah, so um, I, I assume if you tackle someone and it's not counted as a tackle, it's probably a pressure act, and he gets a couple of those a game at least. So. Yeah. Um, when I when I yeah. when I say that sort of like I mean he's he's sort of in amongst the every sort of centre bounce, like he's never you never see it's it sort of just go past him and he just sort of watches it and it just doesn't go near him. He's sort of around yeah. it. He's a magnet, so um, it is frustrating for us owners that's for sure. Um, and that wraps up the round review. We are going to talk quickly about Barlow who's out for the season. 
four players that I think are the main targets if you don't already own them. Dusty has to be number one. Zach Merritt has to be sure. number two. Zorka has to be number number three. And I've chucked Montagna in there because I think he'll um, have a decent finish to the season. And I think they're the four players where if you don't already own them, um, I'd aim for those. Uh, I definitely don't disagree with you there, Jordan. I actually have all four, and they have been very good um, over the course of the season. So definitely jump on if you don't own any of those four. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, Zara is the one that I don't own, but I don't have Barlow anymore, so... I won't be getting him in this week. Um, now, I'm going to give you a few names, and if you could just quickly rank them from one to however many, one to six, I think I've got here, um, in probable yep. targets that you'd aim for. So, first of all, Deledio. Second of all, Jack Gunston. Third of all, Franklin. Fourth of all, Tom Lynch. Fifth is Aaron Hall, and lastly is Toby Green. So just chuck them into a quick order for me. They are all very okay players for Supercoach. I would think out of all those, um, Buddy would be number one, as he is usually very consistent, and uh, is he's looking for that Coleman this season, so you'd expect him to finish off the season pretty well. Um, second, I would put Gunston. Um, same boat as Buddy, very good player. I uh, can run the whole game out, can go defence or forward, a great swing man, kicks goals, takes contested marks, great play all around. Uh, number three, I would put... This is, this is the hard one. Um, it'll be out of Green and Lynch, because I, to be honest, Aaron Hall, he's getting the ball, but he's not using it as well as he was at the start of the season. He we'll had, go, doesn't have that flair he did. We'll go tied third, can be Lynch and Green. That's all right. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, and uh, Lids or Hall, I think, because although you have the injury concerns, Lids is still a class act and he can still, you know, get consistently get tons on his day. Um, yeah. And lastly, Hall. Okay, yeah, so I, I pretty much agree with that list. I've got, um, I've got Buddy number one as well. I think he'll storm home. I've got Lynch number two. Um, I just think he's just in such great form. All right, so thirdly, uh, this is the hard one. I think I'd have a Gunston third, and then probably Deledio, just because if he does play, he'll... I think if he does play, he'll be the top scorer out of all of them, but it's just so risky considering his calf yeah, and the sure. fact that he might get rested. Um, and then lastly, I'd have Green due to inconsistency and just trust issues. Um, and sorry, second to last, I'd have Aaron Hall just over Green because I think he'll um, he'll actually have a big influence in the um, latter half of this season. So I've got Green last just because of consistency, and yeah. I mean, just don't trust the guy. And I don't really like the way he yeah. looks, to be honest. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think, I, I think we can all agree with. Yeah, yeah, very can't argue with your list there. Um, yeah, you know what? After listening to that, probably, yeah, with the inconsistency of uh, Toby Green, probably have him a bit lower than I did. But, uh, yeah, probably lives over Green. Definitely. Um, all right, so we'll get to a couple of Facebook questions now. We're running out of time. Um, number one, Daniel Merza. Thoughts on Coniglio as a POD? Um, I'd advise you to listen to last week's podcast because we did talk him up a lot. I do like the pick. I, I like it a lot, so... Um, yeah, I'd I jump on. Harry, would you have similar thoughts? Yes, for sure. 
based on last week's performance and the few weeks before, he's, you can tell that he's a very consistent performer, um, gets the ball. Last season, he was actually a tagger, but this season, um, I think the coaching staff have seen his ball-winning potential and he can definitely influence a game with his tackle pressure and he just gets the ball, uses it well. He's a great player. Definitely. Um, quickly, Boyd or Laird? I'd have to side with Laird. He's had a good rest so far this year. I think Boyd's due for a, a game um, with the general. So um, that's just a guess. I don't, I don't have any insight on that. Ah, oh, no, I oh, know. It's, yeah, it's sad. But um, yeah, Boyd, Boyd doesn't have age on his side. I think he may miss one. So um, Laird from here on out. Yep, I definitely agree with that one. Um, that, it's very close, but uh, I think Laird would, due to all the rest from all his little injuries, he would definitely have a better ending to the season, in my opinion, than Matthew Boyd. Yeah. Yep, um, that was from Jake Coles. Rick Jordan is the next one. Better twosome, Danger and Petrarca or Ward and Zorko? I think this one's pretty simple. Ward and Zorko. Petrarca's going to put out some 50s, 40s, 60s and whatever. Whereas Ward and Zorko are just super consistent. I mean, Ward can match it with Dangerfield as well. So, I mean, he hasn't for the whole season, but I mean, he he very much they could both average 120 from here on out, and Zorko's going to average 30, 40 more points than Petrarca. So I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, 100. percent Petrarca is still remember this is still his first full season, um, and you just cannot trust someone like a Petrarca to finish off the season even as a uh, F6. So I would definitely go for the Zorko and Ward option as they have proven performance and they will average over both will average over 100 for the rest of the season, sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, six trades less left. This is Thomas Kent. Full primo team except Cade Kolodajny. Keep him or use a trade. Um, at least keep him till finals. Um, if there's a few more... Um, injuries leading into that and you need to win a final then I'd trade him out but um, yeah hold the six trades as long as you can and use it um, use it when you really have to if you if you want to get up in the rankings or, or whatnot. I mean six people could get rested in round 23 so I mean I know you can only use two trades but um, do you know what I mean you really got to hold on to those trades as long as you can and I mean luxury trades aren't really something that we're um, allowed to do at this time of the year yeah, I completely agree. Um, you just got because I'm not sure if you're looking to competing finals or uh, competing for ranking, but for either of them, you'd want to hold on to him. Well, he was kind of a primo at the start of the season, so you're kind of still looking for that primo score. So I would hold on to him until finals, and for the last few weeks, you know, if you need to trade and he isn't performing and you have enough cash. You could always jump to, you know, someone like a Simo or a Doggerty if you don't have one, or even someone cheaper like JJ for the last few games. Tom McDonald. Yeah. Get on Tom McDonald. That's it, yeah. You're going to hear first. Yeah, definitely. Um, James Carlisle, Daniel Rich, worth using two trades to get him out, need cash, or save my six trades for finals. We pretty much answered this earlier. I'd save the trades. Um, They're worth way more than that, and... I mean, at least Rich has shown that he cannot be an absolute shit bloke sometimes. So let's just fingers crossed. And like we said, he's going to score 120 this week. So definitely hold him for that at least. Hashtag Danny Rich 120. <laughs> yep, we got to get that going. That, that'll definitely go around. 
Um, a couple more questions from Lee Tubbs Fowest. West. Why is Matthew Mooney such a loser? Um, just such an interesting question. Do you want to delve into this one, Harry? Oh, Matty Mooney, looking like a pretty uh, chilled bloke on his DP. Oh, one mutual friend, Ricky Nixon. There you go. Good old Tutu train as a mutual friend. Lovely, lovely. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Lee. I don't know why you're dissing on good old Matty today. Yeah, see, I, I don't rate bike. Matthew. I don't, I don't rate him, to be honest, so I'm going to disagree with you there. I think he, I think he needs a bit of a... <laughs> Bit of a rocket up the uh, backside, so get on him. Get on Matthew Mooney. Um, a couple more. Fozzy Wolf wants to know where he can find a Charmander in Pokemon Go. I think we're we're sort of diverting away from the Super Coach field and into into other such fields. But Fozzy, to answer your question, I've got a few around my house, mate. So just um, just drop by mine and you know catch a couple of Charmanders. Got a couple of Mankeys hanging around as well, so. That's some definite positive news. That's what the real estate agent um, sold me on the house. So um, definitely winning that. And finally, do we have one more? Got five trades left. Team is full primo with Aaron Hall at F6. Was thinking about doing a downgrade then wait for Dow House to return so I have some primo bench cover. Um, Jaden, you're in a much better position than I am, so... Harry, five trades. Four. Five trades. I just hold them. Honestly, I just hold them. I mean, so much. No one expected Barlow to get re-injured. No one expected. Well, we probably did expect Gaz to get injured, but these things just come out of nowhere. So I just hold the trades. And although premium cover is good, what's the point of having premium cover if I mean you never ever need it, and you've just got a premium sitting on the bench for nothing, and then he gets injured? It's. I just hold the trades. Don't try to get too fancy and go from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hold at this stage of the season, trades are at a premium. Most people, I, I for myself, have run out of trades. And I, although I do have, I'm not very confident on um, finishing off the season strongly. So you have the luxury of having five trades left. Definitely hold them until some some a player that is unmissable comes along, and you have to get them. Or, you know, obviously, the general soreness, the injuries, they're all going to play a big part in your finish of the season. So, definitely hold on from Jaden. Yeah, no doubt. And, Harry, we did get a little sidetracked at the end there. I blame you because that hasn't really happened with anyone else. So, um, you need to sharpen up your game, mate. Um, it was nice of you to join nice. me. Thank you very much. And have a good week, dude. It was lovely to be on. And uh, thank you for having me. All right. No worries, mate. See ya.